This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Good Good to see you here on a Wednesday. And everybody that's glad to be here said amen. There's a few of you glad to be here. I don't know what part of town you may live in, but my part of town last night, we got ready to build the ark. I mean, it came down, and I was shouting. I was like, oh, my goodness, this is awesome, Lord. So if you didn't get that, I pray you get experience of the goodness of God. Well, I welcome you on a Wednesday night. If you're watching by live stream, we're glad you're with us. Again, I believe you're in a treat, in for a treat tonight, and the reason I say that, anytime we feed on the Word of God, that's a treat, okay? We feed our faith and starve our doubts. So if you need a Bible, once you get your hands up, our ushers would get you one, then we go to the book of Psalms, the 37th Psalm, and we'll receive our tithes and offerings on this. I'm dragging my feet just a little bit here. I'm trying to make sure I'm not missing something with the Lord here, so thank you for being patient. Psalms chapter 37. And thank you for your giving. God bless you. Again, your honor in the kingdom of God. and gives us the opportunity to preach the gospel right here on a Wednesday night to children of every age, to youth, and then to adults right here. Psalms 37, we're going to read verses 3 through 5, and so we'll begin to read it, and we'll let the Word of God speak to us a little bit, and then I'm going to highlight a couple things off of that first three. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. So immediately you see to trust in the Lord. You know what that's telling me and you? We're going to have to have faith in God. I can have faith in God. And my faith in God is based on what he says in his word. And remember this, the reason I trust God is because God will do what he says he'll do. And so he said, trust the Lord and do good. Do do what's right in his eyes. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Fix your heart on God's promises. On his faithfulness, okay? God is faithful. Verse 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord. Delight in the Lord. His his instructions and his commandments. The word delight right there means to take great pleasure and joy. Delight yourself. Take great pleasure and joy in the Lord. Now, do you do that? Do I delight myself in the Lord? He goes on to say, And when you delight yourself in the Lord, He shall give you the desires of your heart. So this tells me something that, man, God wants us just to look to Him, delight ourselves in Him. But when I do that, He's not against us having our desires. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Anybody here has got some desires tonight? I do. Verse 5, commit, live for him daily, commit your way to the Lord, trust also him, be confident in him, and he shall bring it to pass. So as I look at verse 3, verse 4, and verse 5, there's one word in every one of them that'll stick out. In verse 3, he said, trust. I've got to get to a place where I trust the Lord. I have faith to believe God. 
In verse 4, he uses the word, the delight. Not, not just I obey God, but I delight in obeying God. And to delight and take good pleasure in that, that's revealed in my attitude. And then in verse 5, he says, commit. In other words, actually obey the word and do the word. And I believe this is big for every one of us that we see these things in my life. And I get to the place where I said, Lord, not only do I trust you, I delight in obeying you. I, I delight in being committed to you. And when I live that way, and he, he gives us the desires of his heart, and he'll, he'll say he'll bring all these things to pass. So allow this to soak in you tonight to say, man, Lord, help me. Help me in these areas. That's my desire. Let's pray. Father God, we love you tonight, Lord. We pray a, a, a grace upon us all right now. That, Lord, you would shift our hearts where we trust you. We lean not on our own understanding, Lord, but we trust you. The Lord, you would fill us with your desire, uh, the desires that we would delight in serving you. And Lord, grace us to be committed to you all the days of our life in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, bless all of you again. Thank you for giving. Uh, as we give you the announcements here, tonight is the last night you can sign up for backpacks. That's right out here. You can do that. Baby dedication is August 21st. You can sign up online. And then on Wednesday, August 24th, is our next partnership class. So I welcome you at all that. All right, you got your Bible. Go with me to the book of Matthew 14. Matthew chapter 14, and I'm gonna make it real easy on you. I'm gonna be in Matthew 14 the entire night. There's just so much in this. Um, I really believe we may be on Matthew 14 for the next month. There's just so much in here that Every time I, I pick up my Bible, man, God will just jump off the pages at me. So we will begin in Matthew 14. I, I want to review a little bit again. I think it just helps us. Am I acknowledging God? Do I acknowledge you? Father God, you're my God. You're my heavenly Father. You're the, you're the ancient of days. So, something happens within me when I just begin to acknowledge him. You're faithful, you're just, you're holy, you're righteous, you're true. So we acknowledge the Lord, and then last week we got over on to waiting on the Lord. And, and sometimes with the thought of waiting on the Lord, we don't like that. But when we talk about waiting on the Lord, there's this, this gap or this time, this space that's in between the promise and the fulfillment of the promise. It's like I, I have this, this, this dream, but the waiting on that dream is that space in between until the fulfillment of that dream. And so waiting on the Lord is waiting on God's timing. And God's timing is impeccable. It's incredible when we begin to look. And so when we talk about waiting on the Lord again, that doesn't mean just to get in a ho-hum attitude and twiddle your thumbs and kick back. That's not what he's talking about. The waiting on the Lord is a season of our lives that God begins to prepare us for the dream. So uh, we look at, at people within the Bible. I, I think at the man Abraham. 
Abraham was 75 years old and Father God said to him, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. And so Abraham begins this process of waiting on the Lord. 11 years later, he gets a little impatient. Not a little impatient, he gets a lot of impatient. And so Abraham has the thought, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help God out. I'm gonna take matters into my own end. Any of you ever done that, been a little impatient? So he goes into the handmaid, or the, the uh, concubine, the maidservant, a woman named Hagar, and she has a son named Ishmael, and it was tragedy. That's what happens when we jump the gun on God. 14 years later, he has the promised child named Isaac, and it's blessed. So when I jump the gun and I don't wait on God, it's not, it's not blessed, it's actually cursed. Then I go to the man of God, Moses. And remember, Moses was, was raised under the Pharaoh. And God said, I'm going to make you a, a redeemer. You're going to move my, my, my children right out of Egypt. And so remember, Moses goes and he jumps the gun on God and he kills this Egyptian. And because he jumped the gun on doing something he thought was going to help God, he goes to the desert for 40 years. He's learning to wait on God for 40 years. And then God moves him into the promise. I think about the young man named David. And at a young age, he was anointed to be the next king of Israel. And right after he's anointed, he's the guy who goes and kills Goliath. He comes off this incredible victory. But he doesn't become the king until 13 years later. Don't waste your weight, okay? God's timing is impeccable. It's important we get that. Okay, that's kind of a review. Matthew chapter 14, let's start here in verse 22. Immediately, now I'm just going to stop there real quick. Immediately, what, what is going on here is this place in the Bible takes place right after Jesus fed the 5,000. Which was a miracle in itself. And those disciples, they knew. They knew what had took place. And so this is right after that. So immediately after he feeds the 5,000, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. Now, we must understand the word made, okay? Jesus isn't going to make you do anything. That word made there means he strongly encouraged them and he invited them. So off of that, let me ask you a question. What do you do when Jesus invites you to get into the boat? Do I give him my excuses? Do I give him all my reasons I can't do it? And so when Jesus invites me and you to get into the boat, we have two options. You either obey or you disobey. So Jesus says, fellas, I, I invite you to get into the boat and go before him to the other side. 
while he sent the multitudes away. And so let me highlight something here. He said, get in the boat and go before him to the other side. It's like Jesus is saying, you get into the boat and fellas, I'll catch you on the other side. Now you got to hold on to that thought right there. Jesus said, get in the boat and I'll catch you on the other side. Verse 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening had came, he was alone there. This, this is a whole other night. Verse 23. Let me throw something in here for you real quick. Prayer must be very important if the Son of God took time to pray. Verse 24. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, right smack dab in the middle of the sea, and they're tossed by the waves for the wind was contrary. And so here they are right in the middle of the sea and they run into trouble. The waves are huge. It's, it's gale force winds. So the disciples are in the boat and so I put myself in the boat and I begin to think, what would I do in the boat right there? I would probably have the thought, this is not good. This was a bad idea. We shouldn't have come. Better yet, we shouldn't have listened to the Lord. Wow. Have you ever thought that? This isn't good. It's a bad idea. Let me ask you something else. How many of you have ever obeyed God and the next day, maybe the same night you, you obeyed God, it seemed like all hell broke loose? Anybody else? You're like, what happened? You know what happened? The spirit realm took notice. Took notice that someone's gonna believe God. Someone's gonna stand on what God says. And so anytime I step out in faith, there's gonna be some opposition. There's gonna be some trouble. So they run into trouble. Verse 25. Now in the fourth watch, which most believe it was somewhere between three and six. Some people actually pinpointed at four in the morning. Now, the reason I highlight that, it's four in the morning. They're out on the Sea of Galilee, and it's still nighttime. It's dark. And you can imagine what's going on. I mean, it is pitch dark out. The waves are roaring. The sea is rocking. The winds are crazy. Four in the morning. And Jesus shows up walking on the sea. Now, if you'll note there, it didn't say Jesus showed up on a jet ski with a life jacket. Jesus shows up walking on the sea. Why do I highlight that? Have any of you in here ever witnessed anybody walking on the sea? <laughs> I had a crazy friend growing up. He would walk, walk across the pond when it was frozen. <laughs> That's about the closest I ever saw to that, but that was a little bit of an ignorant move. So Jesus shows up. Get back in the boat with me, okay? 
You're in the Sea of Galilee. Four in the morning, pitch dark. And this person comes strolling up, walking on the water. What do you think you would do? Verse 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. Do you think you would be troubled? I didn't use the word troubled. I used the word, I would be freaking out. I would be hallucinating, saying, what is going on? So they are troubled. And they're saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out with fear. So they're terrified. They scream, it's a ghost. And so the unfamiliar in the disciples' lives caused them to get over into fear instead of faith. And the circumstances caused the, the disciples to become deterred or, detoured or sidetracked from the promise of God. What was the promise? Jesus said, I'll meet you on the other side. But in the middle of this storm, everything starts messing with their faith. And it tries to sidetrack them. And, and it tries to get them and it tries to get us off of the word of God and what Jesus says. Verse 28. Verse 27. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and he said, be a good cheer. Be brave. Don't be afraid. It's I. And so Jesus is reassuring them, Phyllis. I'm here. I'm with you. You don't want this to be comforting to some of us right now. Jesus doesn't bail out of our lives in the storms. Jesus will be right there with you. He won't turn his back on us on hard times. Verse 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, oh, shy and bashful and quiet Peter. He said, Lord. But Peter wasn't quiet. Peter wasn't bashful. Remember, Peter's the one who many times he spoke before he thought. And so Peter's on the boat, and we know he's with the disciples because verse 22 said, Jesus said to the disciples, come on, get in the boat. And so they're all still there. And so when Peter sees the Lord in all this, he, he says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Tell me to come to you. It's like he said, Lord, give me permission. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Verse 29. So Jesus said, come. Uh-oh. Come. Join me. Go for it. Be like Nike, just, just do it. So now we're all in the boat. What do you do when Jesus says come? 
but it's unfamiliar. I've never seen stuff like this. But yet, Jesus says, come. Wow. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, oftentimes, that last part of verse 29 is overlooked. Let me read that last part to you. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, wait a minute. Time out. Peter actually walked on the water. The reason he walked on the water, it was a result of obeying what Jesus told him to do. And so I do the impossible when I do what Jesus tells me to do. And even in tough situations, I've got to continually stay with the word. And so when I look at this, when Jesus walks on the water, it says to go to Jesus. So I picture Peter getting out of the boat and he's walking on the water and he's going to Jesus. And the whole time he's going to Jesus, his eyes are on Jesus. He's looking to Jesus. And as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus, as long as we keep our our eyes on the Word of God, everything's great, everything's good. Right? Yeah. It's good, it's a blessing. (laughs) You know what I see taking place here? Jesus just, I mean, Peter just obeyed Jesus' word. And he imitates Jesus. Remember back in verse 25, Jesus came walking on the water. So I look at this and I think, Peter had master level faith. But it's interesting, he was the only one of the the, the disciples. That when Jesus said, come on, he did it. And so I go back and I look at every bit of this and we review and and the Lord said, go to the other side and I'll meet you there. Then four in the morning, this storm occurs. And then a little after that, Jesus comes strolling up, walking on the water. But I look at this again and I think, does the effects of the storm, does it cause me to speak doubt? Does the effects of the storm of my life cause me to speak unbelief? Does the effects of the storm cause me to speak death? And it's something that we all have to understand that we are not exempt from the storms of life. I'm going to be in the storms. It's not if I'm in the storms. It's how do I respond to the storms of life? Anybody in here right now in a storm of life? Are the storms causing you to speak doubt and unbelief? Or in the midst of the storm, do I continually speak the word of God? And so oftentimes as human beings, when we get into these storms of life, we look at the storms as a setback. We look and think, how how can this be? It's like we just hit a speed bump of life. But could the storm not be a, a, a setback, but a setup? And what I mean by a setup is the storm there to strengthen my faith to say, okay, you're going to go to deeper? You're going to stay where you're at? 
See, I think at times when the storms of life show up, we're like, man, I don't know that I want my faith to be challenged. But yet in the storm, is God up to something big? Is God wanting to do more in my life? And I think many times as human beings, we become restrained by routine. This is the way we've always done it, and that's the way God's always going to do it, so we put God in a box. Are anybody in here a person of routine? I'm a person of routine. Sometimes I hate it. And so was the Lord saying, listen, fellas, we're going to get you out of a little bit of routine. So you know what you see off of this right here? When you're smack dab in the middle of the storm, do you stay committed to the word of God? Do you stay committed to Jesus? So right here, we got to remember who's in the boat. Who else was in the boat with Peter? The 11 other disciples. And so they had to witness every bit of this. And so when Peter said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. And they said, come. And I wonder if they're on the boats. And Pete, don't do it. Don't do it. That's, that's not reasonable. Don't do it. You don't have a life jacket. Pete, you don't even know how to swim. Don't do it. Stay with what we know. Stay with the familiar. Stay with what seems logical. Could it be the reason I live frustrated in my life at times is because I stay in the boat instead of getting out of the boat? I stay where it's familiar. I stay with what I know is secure. But could it be that Jesus is saying, you know what? Get out of the boat. And it's interesting to me that Peter was the only one of the 11 that got out of the boat. And so when I see what just took place, that Peter walked on the water, you know what Peter did? He obeyed. He acted on Jesus' words. And many times in our life when we act on Jesus' words, it defies my five senses. It doesn't look like the natural. Keep reading with me. Verse 30. But when Peter saw that the wind was boisterous, when he saw, you know what that tells me? He got his eyes off of Jesus. He got his eyes off of Jesus' words. And when he got his eyes off of Jesus and Jesus' word, the fear smothered his faith. And the fear was based on the natural that he saw the winds boisterous. And so what literally happened was those natural things, it squeezed the faith out of him. And when my faith is squeezed out of me, then I get over to fear. And so this is what begins to happen. He said, but when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. Fear consumed his faith. And watch what happens. And beginning to sink. Uh-oh. Down he goes. And as he's going down, he said, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. 
Verse 31, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand. You know what Jesus literally is? He's literally the life guard. Jesus is not going to let you sink, okay? He's not going to let you go under. And so he grabs Peter and he saves Peter again. And I want us all to understand that. Even when I get over the fear, Jesus is with you. He's not going to turn his back on you. And so look what Jesus says to him. Oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, I don't know if you've ever read into that right there, but this is a head scratcher. This is one of those statements that Jesus makes that make me go, huh? He said to Peter, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? He called walking on the water little faith. Has anybody in here seen anybody walking on the water? And so when I read that, you know what I said? I got little faith. But listen what little faith means. It means lacks confidence or lacks trust. Actually, it has the meaning it is an underdeveloped faith. It's just underdeveloped. So when Jesus tells you to do something, he means it. He's like, I'm giving you permission. Verse 32. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were on the boat came and worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. So I begin to look at all this. You know what I realized? All 12 of those disciples had faith. You know how I know they had faith? Because we go back to the very first verse that we read, verse 22. And Jesus said, I invite you to come get into the boat. If they didn't have faith, they would have never gotten to the boat. So they did have faith. So what was Jesus' point to take them to the other side there? You know what he said? I want to deepen your faith. I want you to go a little deeper. And look at verse 34. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Genesaret. When they had crossed over. You know why I highlight that? Because it goes all the way back to the very first verse that we read when Jesus said, get in the boat and go to the other side before me. It happened just like Jesus said. When Jesus said, we're going to go to the other side, we're going to go to the other side. The only thing I can't tell you is when we're on our way to the other side, I don't know what all is going to happen on that way. But when Jesus said, we're going to get there, we're going to get there. And so when I find the word of God in these areas of my life and I'm on the storms of life, the lakes of life where it's not good, hang on to the word of God. Remember when he said, you're going to get, you're going to get there. Don't let, the, don't let the waves, the sea, don't let these things distract you. Look to God even in the middle of the storm. Again, when Jesus said, we're going to the other side, he never mentioned and by the way, fellas, we're going to go through a crazy storm. Because if he would have said that, many of them would say, I'm out. I'm not going. But can you imagine the disciples the next few days at the dinner table? 
Can you imagine the conference? I, I'm sitting there with them that night watching me, and they're talking. I said, Pete, dude, you walked on the water. You walked on the water. And Pete said, yeah, Phyllis. He said, remember the Lord Jesus said, come on. So he said, I just got out and did what he said. I believe in that setting. All of them's faith rose, and they begin to realize, you know what? When the Lord Jesus speaks, you can go to the bank on it. You can trust your life with the Lord Jesus. And so I believe there's many of us right now that we're in situations in our life where I've got to get the word of God. I've got to hold on to the word of God. And when the storms of life, don't let the storms of life squeeze the faith out of you. And don't let it happen. How do I do that? Man, I keep reminding myself, Jesus said this. Jesus said, we're going to the other side. Jesus said, we're going to do this. So let me end with this real quick. Many, many, many moons ago, my wife was a, uh, I don't know if she was a senior, she was a senior citizen in college, kind of. She went to school a little later than normal. And so her last semester of college, man, we needed to get it over. So that last semester, bless her life, she had to take care of me, my daughter, my son, she drove a school bus every morning and every afternoon, and then she took 21 hours of college. Lord bless her. And so our life was chaotic. Da, 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 da. She finishes, she graduates, and the summer begins to progress. And we're like, Lord, we, we, need a, we need her to get a job. We need a job. We need a job. She's going to be a school teacher. June goes through no job, July goes through no job. Well, we're like, Lord, do you realize school starts in August? <laughs> the storms are coming, the winds are blowing, and I am squeezing and I'm freaking out again. And something happened, man, just that, that thought. You know, this is a good verse for you, Psalm 50, 15. Call on me in the day of trouble and he'll answer. So we were calling, Lord, Father God, we ask you to move with we thank you, Father God. We thank you for the job. We, thank we just kept hanging on to the best we could. And it was almost like God was getting us into the deep end. And we're like, school starts. School starts in a week. School starts in three days. Friday rolls around. School's going to start on Monday. And she gets a call. And I said, would you come down here to this school? We need to talk to you. They hire her on Friday afternoon. And she reports to work on Monday morning. You know what God was doing? He's saying, I'm going to get your little rear out in the deep end, buddy. You need to believe me and trust me. You need to learn to trust me. Even when it doesn't look like it's going to, you need to learn to trust me. And I believe that's with every one of us in here. Again, God's timing is impeccable. Don't waste your way to get, understand there's seasons where you just hang with the Lord. I don't care if you're going across the lake, just hang on to the Lord. But just stand up here. I got to get you out of here. You got to come back the next few weeks because we're going to stay in this story over and over. There is so much in here. But I want you to bow your head right now. And if there are things in your life you're going through right now, man, I, I encourage you, get into the Word of God and find the Word that pertains to what you're going through and stand on that Word. What do I mean by stand? You speak it, you quote it, you believe it, you pray it. 
And I pray tonight that you have bulldog faith, that you don't let go of it. You chomp down on that stuff and say, I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. And the ones of you in here right now that are standing on the word of God for something right now, whether it's a job, whether it's to be set free, whether it's, it's a, a home, whatever it is, if the storms of life and everything's saying no way, man, our God is the God who said, I take what's impossible and I make it possible. Lord, I pray you release that right now. And to some of you, it's time to start being a wet water walker instead of a dry boat setter. Get out of the boat, okay? Get out of the, you'll never walk on the water unless you get out of the boat, okay? So Lord, we pray your blessing right here, Lord, that you would stir up within us faith, that it's, it's unwavering. And Lord, right now, that if there's any right here that, that are gripped by fear, and that's okay to admit that, They're gripped by fear with the things of life, Father God. We thank you that your word and your promises will settle us tonight. That we can trust wholeheartedly that, Father God, not only are you faithful, when you say we're going to the other side, we go to the other side. And we give you glory and honor for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.